Welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 77. Today's topic, Celebrating Easter in the Garden with Jesus. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early. This is the place to explore and rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual meaning and see how we can apply it in our daily lives to learn how to pray more effectively, experience the healing presence of God in your life, and begin to get a taste of what Jesus meant when he promised us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful that you're here today listening. Easter is upon us. In just a few days, we'll be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Have you ever wondered what it might have actually been like to have been there on that first Easter morning when Jesus rose from the grave? Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early and found it empty. She went to tell the disciples. Peter and John ran to see it. They saw the empty tomb, but they left. Mary stood there crying. She was so distraught. She wanted to pay homage to Jesus one more time. And you know the story. He appeared. She thought he was the gardener. And all of a sudden, she realized Jesus was there talking to her. She ran back to tell the disciples. They didn't believe her. Then he appeared to them. They had been in a state of shock and fear and despair. But when Jesus appeared to them, they came to see that, yes, it was Jesus. He had risen from the dead. And they were overjoyed. Think how quickly their emotions and feelings and thoughts and aspirations swung from being in total despair to renewed hope. That is part of the promise of Easter. I've been thinking a lot about Easter. And what if you had been there? Would you have doubted Mary Magdalene when she came back to tell the disciples if you had been in that room? Would you have said, no, that's impossible? We like to think that we would have believed, but in all honesty, we might not have. We probably wouldn't have until we saw it with our own eyes. But imagine once you did realize that Jesus had risen from the grave. Think of the spiritual impetus that would give to your faith, to your convictions that, yes, Jesus truly was the Son of God, especially when he explained all those prophecies about the crucifixion that they really were not aware of until that point. Here we are almost 2,000 years later, and we're still celebrating this amazing event of Jesus being crucified and rising from the dead. What I hope for this Easter is that we can all get back to that original sense of awe that the disciples experienced when they saw Jesus face to face and realized that he had conquered death. My question for you is, where are you going to celebrate Easter this year? There's something I noticed recently that I had not really paid attention to before, 
It seems like a minor little detail, but all of a sudden I realized how significant it is. The thing that jumped out at me was that Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and that's where he was arrested, and then he was buried in a tomb in a garden that was near where he was crucified. I had read those verses before, but I had never sort of put them together. We know so well the story. After the Last Supper, Jesus took his disciples with him to the Garden of Gethsemane, where he was praying. He knew what was about to happen, and he needed to pray. And there's that famous prayer that he said three times, Father, if there's any way I can get out of this, and then that humility and resignation, not my will, but thine be done. He was resigning his human will. He wasn't using his human will to decide to obey God. He was giving up his human will. He was surrendering his human will to the Father's will. And that took place in a garden. Moments after he had uttered those prayers, Jewish authorities with Roman soldiers appeared and arrested him. I was thinking about that prayer, not my will, but thine be done, and the sense of peace that Jesus must have felt when he finally completely resigned to the Father's will. I believe he felt absolutely confident that God would protect him through this ordeal of the crucifixion. So I got to thinking about the fact that this took place in a garden. In Hebrew, the word for garden comes from a root word meaning to hedge about, to protect, defend, to cover, and surround. Jesus was protected. He was surrounded by God's love. He was surrounded by God's care. Yes, he was going to go through the trial and the accusation and the beatings and the crucifixion and death and being buried for three days in the tomb. But all during that time, God did not abandon him. God did not forsake him. He was being protected and nurtured and hedged about and defended and surrounded and covered with God's love that entire time. That is the real garden that Jesus was in, where God is the gardener, the husbandman, who cares for and protects and defends and all those things that a gardener does for his plants. The sense of love and protection and support that Jesus received from the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane and then in the Garden of the Tomb were indicative of what's really going on in the way God cares for us in this more spiritual sense of what a garden is, where God is caring for us. It's almost that idea that is in Colossians 3, verse 3. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Jesus was hid with God. Oh, they took his body, and they brutalized it, and they hung it on a cross. But they couldn't touch his true spiritual identity as the Son of God. That was safe and secure, held in the hands of God. Think about a garden. Maybe you have a garden. I love to garden. I'm always taking care of it. I'm always tending to it, planting things, harvesting things, tilling the soil, pulling the weeds, adding fertilizer, compost, 
watering, all those things that happen in a garden. It's a caring for process. And God was caring for Jesus throughout this whole ordeal in both of those gardens. And because Jesus' tomb was in the garden, the garden is also the scene of Jesus' resurrection. And that's where Mary Magdalene encountered him and realized that he had risen. One of the ways that Jesus' purpose is defined in the New Testament, several places, is that Jesus came to take away the sins of the world. John the Baptist announced that from the very beginning when he was prophesying the coming Messiah. Where did the first sin occur in the Bible? It was in the Garden of Eden. Think of what the Garden of Eden represented in the early chapters of Genesis. It was a place where everything was idyllic. Well, almost everything, until Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Jesus came to wash away those sins, to wash away the sins of the whole world and restore all mankind to this sense of being protected and nurtured and defended by God, surrounded with his love. Jesus used metaphors from the garden in his parables about the kingdom of heaven to illustrate the precepts of God's love and care for us. And there are examples of this in the Old Testament as well. Here's what Isaiah says, chapter 51, verse 3. For the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Then continuing this idea of the garden, in Isaiah 61, 11, he says, As the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. The more I looked at this verse, I realized that really is a prophecy of Jesus' resurrection, because Jesus was literally planted in a garden. He was buried in that tomb in the garden. Jesus says in John 12, 24, Truly, truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Of course, the grain of wheat doesn't literally die, but it does go through a transformation process in the soil It dies, quote-unquote, or ceases to exist as a seed and turns into a sprout, which then matures into a stalk of wheat. I think Jesus was referring to himself in this metaphor of the grain of wheat being planted in the earth and bearing much fruit. Think of the spiritual power of the resurrection. That was like the seed of truth germinating and sprouting and growing, and look at the fruit that we are reaping today. Look what that has brought to the world. Think of all that has truly been done in the Spirit of Christ in the world in the last 2,000 years. Oh yes, I know, lots of things have been done in the name of Christ that are far from being like Christ. But think of all those things that have truly been done in the Spirit of Christ. 
That has changed the world, and it continues to change the world. Because just as you have to plant seeds in the ground for them to grow, you're not going to grow wheat by leaving it in the barn, in a grain sack. And just so, Jesus went through the crucifixion and his death and was buried to prove through his resurrection his dominion over them and gain not only his own victory, but our victory as well. Jesus has conquered sin and death. Jesus has restored our place in the garden. In the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, it seems like everything is perfect, but it's not. Adam and Eve's faith had not been tested, and when it was, it was found lacking. Think of the difference between the way Adam and Eve dealt with sin in the Garden of Eden and the way Jesus dealt with sin in the Garden of Gethsemane and the garden where he was buried. In one garden, Adam and Eve disobeyed God. In effect, they asserted their own will, which went against what God's will was. That is the exact opposite of what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane when he gave up his will to obey God's will. Jesus came to redeem mankind, and he went right to the heart of the issues. And I think it's fascinating that because Adam and Eve were in a garden, Jesus was in a garden when he resolved those issues that seemed to start with Adam and Eve. I'm going to ask once more, where are you celebrating Easter this year? I invite you to celebrate in the garden with Jesus. The garden of Jesus giving up his own will and the garden of the resurrected Christ. Celebrate in that safe, protected place that even when you're facing challenges that may seem very threatening, God is there protecting you, nurturing you, caring for you, and he's not planning to stop. He will always care for you. I encourage you to have those moments in the Garden of Gethsemane where you completely surrender your will to God's will. Don't use your human will to obey God. Surrender your will to God's will. There's quite a difference. And then, in the Garden of Resurrection, we realize that Jesus has overcome death, not just for himself, but for all mankind. He has won the victory for us. We have to be in the garden to recognize that. We have to be in a place where we feel God's nurturing and care and protection and love. When we're in the garden of God's protection, where we realize God is the gardener, we will feel the resurrected Christ with us. Jesus actually uses that metaphor. He said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. My father is the husbandman or the gardener. He's the one that prunes the branches and takes care of you. This Easter season, join me in celebrating in the garden, the garden of resignation to God's will and the garden of resurrection to eternal life. That's what Easter is all about, discovering this incredible message and gift that Jesus has given us that life is eternal 
We are the children of God. He loves us and protects us and cares for us and defends us. And in this way, Jesus' resurrection is the first step of our own resurrection. So celebrate with me this Easter in the garden with Jesus. Now let's shift gears just a little bit. Let's think about our prayer project, 21 Ways to Obey Christ in 2021. This is week 13. And the command this time that we're going to obey is from Mark 6, 31. And Jesus said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the busyness of our lives, the demands that others make on us, situations, work, church, family, and the demands that we make on ourselves. But Jesus said to his disciples, come over here by yourselves. Let's go to a quiet, private place and rest a while. He didn't say go one by one, separately, go together. Sometimes we need to get away from the hustle and bustle of the world and our busy lives and be together in a quiet, private place and refresh ourselves. Think about what's most important in our lives. Get closer to God. Be in prayer and share that with the people that you're with. Then when you're refreshed, you come back to your daily routines and your daily duties, and you feel renewed. This is a command that Jesus is giving his disciples, and that includes us. So this week, think about how you can obey this command to go away with other disciples of Christ, even if it's just for a few minutes sometimes, for a little prayer time together. Find a quiet place that's private and rest, renew yourself spiritually. It's one thing to do that individually, but there's a whole nother layer of blessing when we do that with other like-minded people. If you would like to print out a copy of The 21 Ways to Obey Christ in 2021, go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 065. You'll see two links there, one for a one-page version The other one is for a three-page, more detailed version. Just click the link and check your download folder. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm so grateful you're here. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe. Just go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com. Just click the subscribe button and then fill out the form with your name and email. And you're all set. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you will share it with a friend. Or if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. Or if you need a little spiritual support, please reach out. The best way to be in touch is through my website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com. Just click on the contact tab, put your name and email and your message, and I'll be in touch. I really look forward to hearing from you. And if you have any ideas about future episodes, topics you'd like to have discussed, let me know as well. All the Bible references that I mentioned today will be in the show notes for today's episode. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 077. 
That's it for today. I wish you a very, very special Happy Easter. I hope you experience more of the presence of the risen Christ than you have in the past, and that that continues to grow in your heart, not just on Easter Sunday, but throughout the year. Thanks once more for listening. I'm so grateful for you. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a wonderful week. Take care, and we'll see you next time. God bless.